Yo, it's the Raji Rabbit and Friends Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, my special guest, DJ Demon from Sleeping Giant. If you are in the San Diego, Southern California area, you know who Sleeping Giant is. Great, great agency. Lots of talented DJs on it. And my man, DJ Demon, has joined me today. How you doing, Demon? What's going on? I'm good. How about you, man? Good. All right. So quick question for you before we get started. Tell the people about when, uh, well, a little bit about what you do currently. Uh, well, currently I do, um, I'm in the club circuit in San Diego and I do a lot of uh, private events, corporate events and uh, weddings as well. Cool. And also you are a battle DJ. I've witnessed a couple of shows and it's dope. Thank you, man. Um, I'm, I wouldn't consider necessarily myself a battle DJ. I do enjoy uh, a good battle and a good competition. Um, so, you know, I definitely come out of the closet once in a while, uh, to do a battle here and there, but, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not heavy into the, in the battle circuit, but, you Okay. Know. All right. Well, um, when you do go into a battle, cause I, I, I witnessed it and it's, it's hot though. Like I, you may not claim to be a battle DJ, but I definitely would call Thank you one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and when you, when you're putting together a battle set to you, like how, how do you start structuring that? Like, how do you just... Uh, start out, start getting in your mindset of going into that? Um, you know, I think a strong introduction is key, of course. So, you know, I'll, I'll work on my introduction and once I have a good, uh, you know, one, two, three minute intro and then I'll start putting together the body of the, of the battle set. And then, um, you know, I always try to end off with a little, with a little outro and, you know, just depending on what, battle is taking place um, is how I will approach it. Um, the last battle I was in was the Henry's battle and it was an open format battle and the crowd was was super, you know, open format. So going to be a variety of, uh, of different people there. So I wanted to hit a lot of different spectrums as far as music. So I kind of, I just kind of went all over the board um, with that one with, you know, hit 90s house, uh, current house, hip hop, twerk, trap, you know, yeah. kind of across the board with that one. So, on average, how long does it take you to put together a battle? <laughs> um, man, when I'm doing a battle, when I'm in a battle, that's honestly, that's all I could think about, man. Like, I completely stopped doing everything else. I'm up till three or four o'clock in the morning, just constantly working thinking about my routine and practicing it you know what i mean like the last battle i did i probably went through my set a good you know 150 200 times wow. um, before yeah i'm real you know meticulous about making sure that uh, all my transitions are, are proper and you know everything's sounding as good as i can possibly get it you know what i mean yeah that's awesome man that's yeah great. well you know I'm gonna, I knew I was going to have a bunch of my peers around me, so I didn't want to come out whack. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hey, so um, who inspired you uh, when you when you were young? When you when you well, I, I don't you, I'm assuming you got into it at an early age. Yeah, I started in uh, 95 summer 95. So I'm coming up on uh, on 20 years uh, DJing here. Wow. Who were your influences uh, when you first started? You know, big 
influences for me when I was a kid were the Pickles and, and the Beat Junkies. Those are the two main groups. Because when I was younger, I was in a, uh, a battle crew, a DJ crew. Nice. Um, so we really admired, uh, you know, the crews. And then, you know, Z Trip was a big, big one for me as well. Um, I liked his style of play. Um, you know, he was definitely reaching outside of the box when he was doing his sets and, and, and playing a lot of rock and mashup stuff. And that's that's the type of stuff that I was that I was digging. Nice. Quick question about maybe like uh, some of your influences. Have any, so this is 20 years deep now. You're very respected, you know, not only in San Diego, but just pretty much all around. If anyone has ever met you, they respect what you do and, and love what you do. What's a cool example of like your uh, one of your mentors becoming your peers? Do you have anybody that you associate with pretty closely now that we like maybe you came up liking and were a fan of? Um, you know, it's funny. Here's a funny story. I did a I did a Mastercard commercial a very long time ago, and wow. I met um, this kid Hakton Onal and Marcus Wyatt, and they were actually DJing the commercial it was basically the commercial was like a party setting and they were filming us partying um and i met those guys and later on i i didn't honestly didn't even know who they were at first but um this kid the kid hawked on on now gave me a mixtape that really uh, put me on to house music and i bumped that thing for a good 10 years until the tape finally broke actually wow um, but um that was, uh, you know, my first introduction into, into house and, and deep house. Um, and then later I became friends with them on, on Facebook or whatever. And so. Nice. Very cool. Uh, have you ever, uh, you've opened up for some big acts too. What, what are some of the big acts, big shows that you did that you really liked and any memorable stories from that? Um, I opened up for big boy outcast, um, at fall fest UCSD. I also did, uh, uh, Sun God Fest with Diplo. That was a lot of fun. He's he's crazy and he's super cool, uh, down to earth cat. I got to meet him backstage for a minute. Um, I did a show at KRS One. Nice. Uh, Doc Martin many many years ago. So basically, when you started out DJing, it was just vinyl, just turntables. How many places did you have to get uh, vinyl? How many places did you have access to here being in, uh, you, you're from Southern California, right? Yeah, born and raised. Um, there, was, there were a lot of uh, record pools back in the day. So there was like a king size uh, record pool out here in San Diego. I also went to, uh, to LA um, to, uh, I was in the heavyweights record pool with Truly Odd. Um, so I was in that for a little bit. And then there was, uh, you know, a lot of mom and pop shops out here. Uh, also, you know, swap meet, dig in, um, garage sales, stuff like that. Man, it's so awesome. I love Southern California because, like, I'm from Indiana. And coming up, man, like, like, and I, this isn't even, you know, like, this is like, uh, God, I don't know what I'm 16, I'm 31 now. So, however long ago that was, I, I, we only had one record store in my town, man. One mom and pop record oh, store. Wow. Like, yeah, to get, they actually had vinyl in it. Uh, I actually had to get make friends with uh, some DJs, and one of these dudes, man, he had the gift of gab. I have no idea how, but he always got all the promo records direct from the companies. He would track down their numbers, and he would call them up, and he would be, like, um, getting every bit, every new song that ever came out, and uh, he would t 
take those promo records. They were free. He was just supposed to play them right. and sell them. But he would get a shitload of them and sell them to all of us. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's how I got mine. I got mine kind of super bootleggy, but uh, he had, hey, all, whatever, he had all the good shit. Right? But, yeah, man, geez, I, I think it's so cool. Now, the record pools back then, how much did those cost? Like the official ones. I heard well, about them. I never did them because I, I didn't know anybody that had them. Uh, it was always too expensive for me. I was a kid. The king size one, um, I knew some guys over there, so it was free. Um, the heavyweights record pool, I believe it was 125 or 150 a month. Wow. And you got to pick up every three weeks. So every three weeks, me and uh, my buddy Mike Check, who actually got me down in the pool, uh, nice. take a trip up there and we you know, collect maybe like probably 100 to 150 records, something like that. And this is a super good pool. You got a lot of underground hip hop and, and uh, stuff that you wouldn't uh, normally hear. You know, we get yeah. put onto a lot of music as well with that pool. So, nice. yeah. Nice. So, you know, back then we would get those records and it was so cool because you got new records, right? So you could break those records. I mean, do you think that the art of breaking records is kind of lost now with DJs? I mean, it's almost like you wait till it till it's till it's popular, then play it play it safe. A lot of people play it safe. I think so, man. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the crowd that you're playing for as well. Um, a lot of a lot of places just aren't you know people aren't receptive to new music. You right. know, and as a DJ, your job is to keep them on the dance floor. And sometimes when they don't hear a familiar record and they can't sing along with, they just you know, don't like it and don't dance to it. But at the same token, that's also good because sometimes you want to clear the dance floor so the bar <laughs> can make some money, you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, I find as a DJ, I, f I feel it's, you know, kind of my duty to put people on to new stuff. And, you know, once in a while, I'll play a new record and, and you know, I'll get one or two people coming up to me and say, hey, what was that record or what was that remix? So, you know, I, I know that there's still people looking for that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's definitely harder than it was back in the day, I think. Isn't it uh, like um, amazing, man? Like even when you get like something hot and new and it's like by a big producer and you know the shit's gonna be fucking dope. You know it. You know, you just know this is gonna be like that next big song. Sure. And you play it too early. And you just <laughs> get so pissed. You're like, you motherfuckers gonna request the shit out of this in like one month. Dude, one month. totally. That, that, that happens to me more than you think, man. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in San Diego, too, I think that, um, you know, I love my city, but people, a lot of uh, the people that go out, they don't, um, you know, they kind of just listen to music that is on the radio and they're cool with that. They don't necessarily dig for new music or stuff that they like. They kind of just like what everybody else is liking for the most part. You know, there's obviously uh, people that do appreciate um, new music. Yeah. But. You know, normally the clubs that I play at, a lot of people just want to hear what's on the radio so they can sing along. Do you think that people, these DJs coming up now, realize how lucky they have it because of things like this record pool, you know, that you went? I mean, that's, first of all, a hefty sum even to this day. So we go talking about $125 10 years ago. That's like spending 250 a month or something like that now. You know, right. do they realize that like they're getting it easy? Uh, yeah, I mean, they can hear stories about it, but I think until you actually experience it, that they, they won't fully understand and grasp the concept of, you know, playing vinyl and digging for vinyl and spending, you know, half your paycheck, almost <laughs> your paycheck on, on vinyl just to have those tracks, you know? Yeah, I mean? 
Yeah. Oh my God. It, I I loved it. Every time I, I something, I I just buy it. It didn't even you know I didn't even hear it first. I just had to buy it. You're taking a gamble. You know it's because yeah. It, yeah. And you praying that the B side's good. Praying the B side. It's almost like having a drug habit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you just want to to crack open that new vinyl and listen to it and put it on your record player even if you don't even think that it might be a good song you're just buying it because you like the cover or you like the producer or you like uh the, the cat who's playing the keyboard or the bass or you know what i mean yeah that's that's <laughs> that's exactly right so speaking of producers who are some of your favorite producers um primo is definitely one of my favorite uh producers for sure um Currently, like uh, as far as EDM stuff, um, I like Diplo a lot. I like the Chainsmokers actually. I love their sound. Um, I'm digging that the uh, uh, um, Shuni's new stuff, the all, all gold stuff. I'm digging his their oh, remix yeah. and stuff. Um, yep. There's so many nowadays, man. It's it's hard to keep up. You got like 12, 13 year olds killing the beats right now. You know what I mean? So there's yeah. like a new cat every time you you know you turn on. Uh, SoundCloud or something, you know? Yeah. But you know what's funny, though? Have you seen any of these uh, videos where people are, videos or just blog posts about people, like, kind of exposing it? Like, they'll be like, look at this track playing at 110. And look at this track playing. Like, they'll mute the next track, and here's another track. And here's another yeah. one. And it, like, I think it's that, that what's that uh, called? Uh, that Melbourne Bounce or whatever. Like, a lot of people are just using the same track, it seems. Uh, right. And it's just, like, maybe interchange the the word a lyric or something but every like they even can play all the shit at the same time and it's not, like, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah no I've, I've seen that um there's definitely cats a lot of cats like uh recycling their beats and just kind of changing up so you know using the same drum kits or whatever yeah uh, and then there's also i've heard a lot of stories about cats actually jacking beats and taking songs and you know switching it up a little bit and you, and, you know putting their name on it and putting it out for themselves you know what i mean so it's it's crazy. Crazy world, man. Got to copyright that stuff. You're mostly focusing right now, currently, career-wise, just on 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 uh, your awesome DJ sets. Are you producing anything late soon? Not, or? not really, man. Um, I used to do production when I was in a group um, back in the day uh, called the Icons. It was a hip hop group out here in San Diego. Um, but uh, now, since I just you know concentrate on DJing, I've just been kind of DJing. Right. Um, I'm toying around with stuff right now, but I'm you know still trying to feel get get a feel for the sound that I want. You know right. what I mean? Right. Awesome. When you're producing something, or when when you were producing, like, was it more of a headache or something? Like, what what is what would you think would be the most challenging parts about production that kind of just keeps you like kind of like well I, I like it, but I'm not maybe like not doing it all the time. You know? You know. When I was doing beats for hip hop group, I didn't. I, I found it a lot of fun, man. I was, you know, being creative and, and making beats and, and knowing that uh, some guys are waiting to rap on it and I could do some scratches on it. That was extremely fun for me. So the challenge was really just finding because um, I used to do a lot of sampling. So yeah. I, the challenge was was finding, um, you know, some good samples so I could throw them in a, in a beat. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, dang, man. So like, um, like. All right, so so because you were working with a group, then that was super fun. Like, so it's, is that probably why it's not as fun anymore? Like, or or maybe maybe I'm not saying it's not as fun to you. Maybe that's the wrong way to say it. But maybe it's just like you haven't been doing it is because you not you don't have somebody that's like boom ready to get that off the right out the skillet. You know? You know, I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure. I don't know what it is with uh, you know. 
to be totally honest with you, man, like I was a little bit more into the music that was out and that I was playing at spots mm-hmm. um, years ago. Right. Um, not to say that I don't love the music now, but it's just a different type of love. Yeah, like, yeah it would probably be more of a, of, of a task because you're forcing yourself to, to make th- something, right? I think so, man. Yeah. I think so. Awesome. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's really cool because you're a perfect example of just like being being comfortable with being a DJ and then being, being the best DJ that you can be. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you, 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 so many people try to do all things. I try to wear all hats. And I mean, it's, it's, it's constantly, I'm at Ableton trying to work a sound and get my, create a sound, but it's hard. It's a headache. And, and, it, and, and every time I'm at this computer making a beat, I'm not on the tables mixing, you know? Right. And so, you know, I, some, some skills, just to be honest, you know, they fall to the wayside when you don't use them, you know? Sure, sure. And uh, so, so like, you know, when I, when I step on the turntables and I'm like my cuts and scratches, that's not, it's not what they used to be. You know what I'm saying? Uh, right. And that's just because I'm completely like buried in, into some other things, you know? And, and uh, but I mean, it's, it's your perfect example of, of how just uh, you could, you could take that skill and, and, and keep ex- accelerating getting better and going going forward is pretty cool. yeah that's definitely important for me i'm always growing as a dj and learning different techniques and styles and trying to you know um incorporate them in my sets you know i think um it's it's very important for me for my fans and patrons to be the best dj that i can be you know what i mean because when they come out to the clubs they want to you know they want to feel that vibe you know what i mean right. they, they want to enjoy themselves and not just kind of listen to a jukebox DJ, I guess, you know? Yeah, for sure. Now, you play open format sets sometimes, right? Or a lot? Uh, pretty much most of the time. Most of the time? Okay, so... It's I'd, really- I'd say like eight, 75, 80%, I'd say. So, and, and you like that, right? Like, if you had a preference, that's your comfort zone? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Awesome, awesome. I just, so- I like, you know, being able to go where I want to go. You know, right. if, I, if the crowd wants to hear you know, some seventies funk and I could take it there. If they want to come back to some, yeah. some deep house, you know, I could take it there. If they want some nineties hip hop, you know what I mean? No limitations. And you know, no li- I, did you start as a hip hop DJ? I did. Okay. I, I, did. I started as a hip hop DJ too. And I think it's great because we, as hip hop, what's cool is it never, it never stuck to one tempo. And I think that makes you a stronger DJ, especially when it comes to mixing, because some of these guys, I, I've seen a lot, I've seen some people and like, I'm a house DJ. And then, and they'll take a gig to, uh, <laughs> they'll take a gig to do like, you know, get some money and they'll download some shit that they don't know about. Right. <laughs> and then when they go dropping an 80 beats per minute tempo and then they got a 90, you know, like 99, they don't know what the fuck to do. They're like, I don't know. Cause normally they probably have to never move the tempo at all when they DJ, they just have right. started on time. Right. So I think, I think it's cool being hip hop. Do you think that hip hop makes you more uh, versatile with, tempo awareness uh i think so for sure man um like you said uh hip-hop tempos were ranged um big time so you know you had to figure out how to get from 70 to, to 90 yeah and everything in between yeah and on vinyl too so you know ain't no no plus 50 pitch you know right <laughs> yeah man so did you ever incorporate before serato and all that stuff did you ever incorporate any effects boxes or anything like that because 
you know, things like that echoes out. Could, those could make a transition a little smoother if you had to do No, that. man, we used to do all our echoes and, and manually, you know, like uh, we'd, yeah. we'd either spin out or we'd echo with yeah. the, thing, with the, pro, with the uh, volume fader or we'd do the power off and, and, and spin it back. Or, you know, there's yeah. little tricks to, little transition tricks, you know. Nice. So you never got into one of those little Pioneer FX boxes or anything no. like that? No, Those are also pricey as shit, too. Still right. are. <laughs> I, I use it now like with the 57 you know i like i love effects nowadays um but back in the days we just we kind of manually did it yeah uh, how awesome do you like uh how awesome do you think software is like how much did it help improve uh your workflow i guess you could say as a dj uh from to, to be able to just have everything in your backpack in one shot huge man so good so good you know when I was doing vinyl, you carry two crates and you'd be limited to those two crates. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and nowadays you can go across the board and go anywhere you want to go and have, you know, 10,000 tracks at your ready. Just, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot funner. And with cue points and loops um, and, and, and loop rolls and stuff like that, you can get a lot more creative and just get funky with it. Like right. live in the mix. You know what I mean? It's, it's fun. It's, it's a lot of, it, it definitely uh, gives you more, um, ammo to to uh, to try out different things in your set and whatnot. Yes, I'd agree. I think that when certain things get easier, it opens up a, a way for people to become a little more creative. Or I think that's what it's what technology is kind of asking you to do. Um, you know, yeah. because you can just sit there and you know you know what tempos that song gonna that song's gonna be as soon as you move the the fader if you have a controller. You know what I'm saying? That as soon as that pitch fader moves. Or even if you just wait a second after you move your pitch on a regular vinyl, you know, it shows you what that tempo actually is. So, you know, it's less work for us to, to, to worry about the tempo now. So we have a lot of cool things. Like you said, the, the beat, the, the loop rolls, the cue points, the, you know, all this new stuff. And now the flip. I think right. that, that we have to become more creative because that's what separates us from the other people, right? For sure, man. You better... <laughs> you know, <laughs> better be more creative with all those tools that you have, man. You definitely got to use them, yeah, you know, to your advantage. Because if you don't do it, the next guy's going to do it and, and show you out and just yeah. be that much better at what he does than you. <laughs> yeah. And and there's a lot of other kids getting into it now that are that can do the same as you. It's not about blending two songs anymore. You know what I mean? It could, no, for it sure. is, I can sell a kid a controller tomorrow and that that dude is if he goes to college. It's. I've done, I've seen some people that just started that play clubs that I haven't even played. And I'm like, what in the, wow, kudos. Because, you know, you do go to college and you can bring some people. That's, that's awesome, you know. But it's amazing to me how easy it is to get into DJing. Right. It most definitely is. And, and you know, not to say that, um, there, you know, I'm sure there are kids that, that can kill it um, on the decks brand new DJs, but you know, a lot of that stuff is like you said, is bringing in, you know, 30, 40, 50 kids on the guest list. Like, you know, they don't necessarily have to be the best DJ, but if they can get people through the door, then that's what, uh, um, promoters and, and, and club owners like sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's really, really, really strange because as it, that's when, that's when you talk about the way that you DJ, the way that, that that's really cool about being, first of all, able to read the crowd, go with the crowd, get them into it them into it and then not do the same show every night you know sure. so sure. so doing that keeps them captivated and, and that adds that extra edge that keeps you where you are you know which is doing well around here I, I think that's cool 
because sometimes you, you can, um, uh, you know, with all these kids running around, I mean, you can just uh, not get that call. And when you get older, it's hard to, to, to keep everybody out. Everybody starts having children. Totally. You man. know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you're, you know, all the party crew is dissipating. You know, they're falling off. It's, so the only way you can do it is separate yourself by the performance you do, man. Right. Uh, hey, we, we don't know the, the I don't know the college kids, you know, and I, you know, I, I'm not from here, though. But so, I mean, I know some of them, but I'm not in the mix with them every day on campus. Yeah, that's that's definitely a big reason why I, I strive to be the best DJ and, and stay up to date on what on the current trends and, you know, practice my mixing techniques and, and all that stuff just to stay on top of it as much as I can. And also doing video DJing, you know, I, I feel like that yeah. uh, sometimes um, makes me stand out. Do you have do you have Serato DJ or do you still use Scratch Live? I use Mixed Emergency actually. I'm using Scratch Live and Mixed Emergency. Oh, cool. So, are you ever gonna switch to Serato DJ? Uh, you know, I don't know, man. Um, I'm a big fan of if it ain't fixed, uh, or if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? And and Scratch Live has been treating me well, so well, I'm gonna stick with that until I have to update. You know, yeah. until I computer and I have to use a Serato DJ or whatever. Yeah, once that once that OSX goes up again. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're already on Yosemite. I don't know if it works with Yosemite. Right. Okay, but, yeah, um, yeah, I think I was talking, I think I was talking to Mike Check, and I think he's going to keep, he's always going to keep an older computer because he does, he uses a lot of, uh, 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 a lot of the 57's features for the stuff he records and makes. Right. So he's, he's going to always kind of probably keep one on deck, you know what I mean, that can always go with a 57. Right. Because, uh, like, what is it? I uh, if I'm not mistaken, he uses uh, the bridge, right? Ableton Bridge. He does. Yeah, dude. Like that was. I was a huge fan of that. And I'm so pissed that not many people got into it or understood it, because I thought it was an awesome feature, and not not many people really got it. So it kind of like fell. The bridge died, but I mean, it's still kind of there if you have Scratch Live and Ableton Eight. Right. And I, th I think uh, Mike was talking about they stopped updating the software, and it's kind of just stuck in, in limbo right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, they, they will not upgrade, update the bridge unless maybe like there's a resurgence of, of people trying to get get it to to work. But yeah, I don't know. I miss it. I I, I love Serato DJ though. I think it's great. I use it, and uh, I think it's awesome. Uh, one thing that they added with uh, the video side of things, uh, they have a, a a media crate now inside the Serato uh, the Serato playlist. So. In your media crate, you can throw in lots of videos that you want to use as ambient videos. So if you mm. have a logo and stuff like that, or if you yeah, mix mix emergency has that as well. Right, and, and it'll randomly like pull them up. You know, if, if, if you play MP3, yeah, if you play an MP3, it'll randomly pull them up. Yeah, right. Cool. Yeah, so they, I think definitely. they kind of jacked it from mix emergency because what, I, I remember I had Serato Video for a long time, and then when I came out here, I met Ramsey, and Ramsey was the first person to put me on to to the mix emergency. Yeah, and, a big thing with um with the Serato video for me was stability. When they first came out, that shit was crashing left and right, man. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to mess with this. You know, I paid 150 bucks for it. And it's not even working. Like, fuck this thing. So I just went back to Mix Emergency. Never had any issues with that thing working like a champ. Nice. Now it's coming out with different effects and transitions. Yeah. Um, you know. Do you record your videos? Yeah. Yeah, I have a monthly video podcast that I put out through uh, Sleeping Giant. Nice, nice. Well, I will have to check that out. Yeah, it's called Mo Betta Butta. Mo Betta uh, Yeah, I play anything from old school hip. I did, the last one I did was a West Coast uh, classic mix. I've done some trap stuff, some twerk, house, just what, 
All videos? All video stuff, yeah. Nice. How, how, often, how important do you think it is that people regularly put out uh, releases or, you know, it mixes or something? Um, you know, one, I think it's good just to keep your sword sharp. Um, you know, practicing is always good. And I think it's, you know, you always want to stay in the public eye somehow, whether it's, um, you know, a Facebook update that's telling everybody you're at the DJ conference or a mixtape or some music that you're bumping, you know, anything yeah. music related just to let people know, oh, yeah, hey, that's that guy's still DJing. You know, hey, I'm playing here tonight. Come check me out. Like all that stuff, I think, is important to stay uh, uh, relevant in the game. Yeah, I think out of sight, out of mind is one of the truest uh, sayings. Most definitely. Most definitely. So um, how much social media do you do? Do you have to try to do everything you tweet and all that stuff? I do. Uh, you know, I, I have my um, Instagram forwarded to my Facebook and my Twitter and my Facebook forwarded to my Twitter. So I just I just do Instagram and Facebook right now. I'm not a big right. fan of Twitter anymore. Um, it's just too much going on for me. Right. I, I do go on there once in a while just to see if anybody hit me up to reply back to them, but I don't uh, go on there to post. Um, but yeah, you know, these days social media is, is, is crucial. You have to have a presence on there. That's where everybody's communicating and, and talking and figuring out what's hot and what's not, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, um, let's see. So what other, go ahead and give out your, uh, your media, uh, destination so people can hit you up. What are you on Twitter and Facebook and, uh, what are you on, um, you know, anything yeah. else? Instagram? Uh, it's DJ demon one, the number one at the end. And that's, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and, uh, no, I'm sorry. Instagram and Twitter. My Facebook is just DJ demon. Cool. I'll put those links on the uh, blog post that accompanies this podcast so you guys can all check out DJ Demon's personal Facebook page and blow them up and be like, hey, man, yeah. let, me get, let me get some of those old records. I know you got some. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually selling a lot of stuff, man. I'm keeping, you know, the stuff I hold dear to my heart, but I'm selling a lot of my old stuff just because it's too much shit, man. I got a garage full of it, you know. Nice. So what are you going to sell? Um, a lot of the promo stuff that I got back in the day that I just don't have any use for anymore. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually holding on to a bunch because I'm um, thinking about starting up a company that is going to incorporate old vinyl, recycling old vinyl. I can't necessarily dive into what it is because I want to keep yeah. it hush-hush until I come out with it. But it's going to be um, a toy of sorts that's going to be made out of recycled uh, vinyl. Awesome. Well, cool. Uh, keep us more posted on that, man. As uh, as uh, you know, more developments happen. For sure. Um, yeah, man. Also, uh, thank you for doing the podcast. I really appreciate that. I see. I see. You real quick, before we wrap this up, I see you have a vape pen. We're doing I do have vape. Skype, so I see him. <laughs> I see him. Yep. I got the Hades mod. Um, just vaping away. It helped me stop smoking tobacco. How long were you a smoker? Oh, shit, man. Many years. Many years. Are you happier off of cigarettes? Um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't actually smoking cigarettes um, <laughs> directly. I was, I was mixing them with some other stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, uh, that, that helped me stop all. So you weren't really having a problem with tobacco. You know, I think that it had a part to do with it. You know why I smoke so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the vape pen definitely helped me uh, get off of that stuff. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Do you uh, have a uh, a favorite vape shop you want to shout out? 
Uh, we got Vape Farm out here. We got Vape Elements. We got OSV in North Park. Those are like my, my three go-to spots. Nice. Um, we got a, a, a juice line out of San Jose called Smacks. That is awesome. That they, there's only one spot out here that they sell, and whenever they get it in, they sell out, you know, like right away. Wow. So it's definitely hard to come by, but uh, good flavors. With so, there's so many companies nowadays. That market is so huge. It, you know, a different company popping up every day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so one more question. Big or Tupac? I see you got a Big E uh, poster behind you. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, my buddy made that. Um, man, you know. Big E or it's, Pac? It's, it's, it's just different. Or Pac's hologram. Or Pac's hologram. You know, if I was going to go for personal listening, um, it'd be Biggie. Nice. If, if, uh, if I was trying to change the world for a better place, uh, it'd be Tupac. <laughs> you know? I like that answer. I like that. Yeah. What about Tupac's hologram? Uh, I'm not too big into that. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> that's that's kind of funny. I'm not. I don't know about holograms, man. No. <laughs> Real deal, holy field only. Hey man, what about uh, so so? Do you do festivals? Have you done like the like the, uh, what do you you said you play with Diplo? Have you played a few different festivals and do you like large festival DJing? Is that, and how do you think that that differs from a club in your opinion? Um, in a club, you have to try to get people to dance. At a festival, you could play whatever the fuck you want to play and they're going <laughs> to dance regardless, bro. Seriously, you can play the, the stupidest shit and they're, cause they're basically there to, to dance and have a good time. You know what I mean? And that's, that's why I think a lot of these festival DJs have it easy. Cause you know, the kids right. who pay, you know, money for a ticket to go into a festival, they go there to party. They don't give a shit really what, I mean, they obviously they care, but you don't have to necessarily really concentrate like you do in a club. Like people in the club, like they're sitting down having drinks and you have to entice them with music yeah. to dance. And then once they're on the floor, you need to keep them on the floor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Interesting, interesting, interesting. That's my take on, on festivals. Not to take anything away from festival DJs. You know, those guys rock it. But I think they have it a little bit easier than, than club DJs. Yes, and especially open format. I mean, like when you go all over the place, you know, not just all hip hop or something, you know. Sure. That's uh, that's because you. I mean, you know, that's a roll of the dice every time when you throw that journey record on there. You know, you, you, go, never, you know. You never know what can happen. They can yeah. boo you and throw tomatoes at you, or they can sing the whole song from start to finish. Oh, it's, isn't that cool when people sing so loud and you just like yes, you kill that fader and it's just perfect. Love it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I That's love probably it. one of my favorite feelings. For sure. Yeah. Well, Demon, thanks for taking the time with me, man. I know it's a little bit late tonight here in San Diego. Hopefully you come back again. I plan to have people on multiple, multiple times so they can get to know all my friends on the Roger Rabbit and Friends podcast. Right on, brother. I appreciate you having me, man. And uh, yeah, anytime, brother. I got you. All right. Thanks, man. Have a good night. All right. You too. Peace.